to Unbroken Podcast. I'm Alexandra Amor, author, coach, and a lifelong explorer of what it means to be human. This is the podcast where my guests and I explore the inside-out nature of life and the psychological paradigm called the Three Principles. We explore the positive effect this can have on every aspect of our lives, including resolving things like unwanted habits, anxiety, trauma, depression, and more. You'll find episode show notes, transcriptions, your complimentary Freedom from Overeating Starter Kit, and lots more at unbrokenpodcast.com. And now, here's the show. Hello, explorers, and welcome to Q&A episode 50 of Unbroken. I'm Alexandra Amore. Before we get started today, I want to just have a little mini celebration with you. Because this is Q&A episode 50, that means there are 100 episodes of Unbroken now. 50 episodes like this, Q&A ones, and 50 interview episodes. So I'm pretty happy and proud of that milestone, and I thank you for being with me uh, here along for the ride, however long you've been joining me. Um, it's, it's a real pleasure for me to be here to do this every week and to share what I see with the aim of helping others, you know, of supporting and uplifting and sharing what has made such a big, huge difference in my life. So here's to another hundred episodes. I aim to be around for the next year as well. February 14th, 2024 will be the one year anniversary of my new website, the current website and the Freedom From Overeating course and Unbroken podcast. So we'll celebrate that as well. So on to today's Q&A episode, which is going to involve a bit of a story. And I'm also going to give you a bit of a back, some background uh, to give some context for what I'm about to share. And this story today has to do with insight. It has to do with our unbrokenness, which is really nice given that this is the 100th episode. Um, so let's get started. So where should I begin? I guess I'll begin by telling you that about uh, towards the end of 2023, October, November, uh, there came a situation, I'm on the board, I should back up a little further, I'm on the board, or I was on the board, of a little nonprofit that exists here in the town where I live. And it's a nonprofit housing society, independent living for seniors in the Euclid area. And I've been on the board for a couple of years. And then and there's one paid position in this organization and the building is just a small uh like it looks like an apartment building it has 10 apartments all for seniors and it's independent living like i said so everybody is independent um uh really don't need any kind of assistance with mental health or physical chores or that kind of thing they can some of them can get care workers to come in but 80%, 90% of them don't. It's just, um, it's like an apartment building. And 
there's one paid position and it's an administrative position that is 15 hours a week in the building. And the woman who had been doing it uh, was of retirement age. And also she had brought, she had been with the organization for five years and had brought the people, the tenants through the pandemic. And so she was feeling a little bit burnt out. And so at the end of 2023, the board kind of came to this a little bit of a crisis point in that this woman wanted to retire and we had done some interviews looking for someone to take the position and couldn't really find anybody who we felt would be a really good fit, either because they weren't available at the times we needed them to be, that kind of thing. And in the end, I actually had an insight. I was in the shower one day and it suddenly occurred to me, well, what if I did that work? What if I committed to doing it for a year? Like I say, it's just two or three hours a day. So I could do it in addition to doing this work here uh, that I do for unbroken and freedom from overeating. And it would help out. Yeah, it would help out the board that I was on that was in a bit of a pickle. And, um, and it would also give this business, this freedom from overeating business, alexandraamore.com, a bit of, I, it felt like it just needed some space and some time to grow and to find its feet. And with any, um, self-employment venture, you know, they say when you start a new business, it takes three to five years before it really comes into its own and has a lot of momentum and is, uh, you know, earning its keep, so to speak, that, that you, the finances go into the black. And so I thought, well, this, this job with the seniors housing is, is doable in terms of, you know, it's just a couple of hours a day and I would be earning a little bit of income on the side from that, which would give this business a little bit of space, a little bit of space and time to evolve and to find its feet. So it seemed like a really good fit. And because the idea came to me insightfully, it felt good. And I sat with it for a while. And then I put the idea forward and it was accepted. So fast forward, it's now February 2024. And the job is going really well. And I'm encountering real problems sleeping. And I've always been a really good sleeper. I've never had any sort of serious bouts of insomnia. I always fall asleep the minute my head hits the pillow. And in fact, I need quite a lot of sleep. I, you know, I tend to be somebody who needs eight or nine hours a night. And uh, I come from a family of nappers. So I'm also good at napping. So when this, these problems with sleeping started to crop up, it, it became a little bit worrisome. And the way it's showing up for me is that I'm, I go to sleep okay, but then I wake up in the middle of the night, sort of one, two, three o'clock, and I can't get back to sleep. And I can feel my mind just really rev, revving up, you know, really super, um, revved up. I guess that's the only word I can use with thinking. And it's, it is about the, the job that I have. And sometimes it's so churned up and so speedy, my thinking that I can feel it in my body as well. I feel my body has this sort of electrical feeling. 
Um, it's not it's not physical a physical feeling. It's more like energetic. So so that started happening uh, probably at the end of the year, end of December, and then it's carried carried on through January and into February. And it's not every single night, but I would say it's probably four nights a week, which is not great. And what it means is that it's interfering with my daytime routine because, you know, and and it's interfering with my, with this job, with my freedom from overeating stuff, my website and the podcast and everything, because the time that I do have here at home to work on those things, uh, I often have to have a nap. And so that cuts into the amount of time that I'm able to devote here. So that was, it's been bothering me and it's been on my mind. And then it happened again last night. And yeah, I woke up at probably about 3.30 and I was awake for a couple of hours. Lots and lots and lots of thinking about this job and the challenges that we have there. What ha- what happens is that the person in my position, <laughs> so me, uh, I'm the person that everybody brings their problems and their grievances and their questions uh, and their concerns and, to. And so there's 10, like I said, there's 10 tenants. So I'm the recipient of all that stuff from every tenant. And not that every tenant is complaining all the time. That's not the case. But you know, if there's a challenge or a problem, I'm the logical place that the person comes to, to talk to. I'm also the point of contact for the board. So if they have any questions or challenges or problems, I'm also the point of contact for the contractors. So we have, so the tenants are provided with one meal a day. They get their evening meal uh, provided by the, the building, as it were. And so there are two chefs that are on staff that split the days between them, the days of the week. And there are, you know, there's a maintenance guy and there, it's just, it's a lot. And so last night I was lying in bed once again, awake in the middle of the night, staring at the ceiling and flopping around, trying to find a comfortable position so that I could fall back asleep and it wasn't happening. And thinking about we have a meeting today, actually, as I record this, that's, that's a bit going to be a bit fraught. And so I was thinking about all these things. And then I had a little insight, which was so nice. And the insight was about, I guess I'll go back a bit and say, you know, I was thinking about why is this challenging? Like, I know that um, we live in the world of our thinking, not in the world of our experiences. I know that for sure. And I know not to be too concerned, like when my mind is really stirred up at night and I'm lying there in the middle of the night worried about things, I know not to take it too seriously. So I really take it with a grain of salt and just let it happen like a thunderstorm, right? Just it's happening and just, I just let it roll by and don't try not to grab onto any one of the thoughts in the middle of the night and turn them into a bigger problem. So I felt like I was managing all that stuff really well. And given my understanding of the principles too. So what I was thinking about last night was, like I said, why, why is my mind so sped up? Uh, 
you know, I'm really familiar with this kind of administrative work. I've done it my entire adult life and I've been self-employed basically since the year, well, I was going to say 2000, but it was actually 1999. And the job itself, like the paperwork and the, all the things that go on is not that challenging. It's pretty quiet actually. And which is probably why the job is only funded for 15 hours a week and totally manageable. And so this is all the stuff that I was thinking about in the middle of the night. And then it struck me, this was the insight, that the people pleaser in me is really struggling with pleasing all these people. (laughs) And like I said, there's a lot of them. There's 10 tenants, there's seven or eight board members, there's five or six contractors. That's a lot of people to please when you're a people pleaser. So that struck me and was really incredibly helpful. And I'll go back into my background now a little bit and share where this people pleasing tendency came from. And then I'm going to go forward and talk about what what I see about what's going on and also what I can do about what's happening now that I know what's going on. So going into my background a little bit and how I became a grade A people pleaser, my I've mentioned before, my dad, sadly, was a rage-filled alcoholic, you know, the entire time that I knew him while he was on this planet. He passed away a couple of years ago, but as a little child, you know, a tiny little girl, I just remember being afraid all the time. And so as children, of course, the way that we deal with something like that is to become a people pleaser, to really turn ourselves into a pretzel, to try to make the person happy. And as children, that's really a survival mechanism because we need our caregivers to like us, to be, you know, to be pleased with us, to be happy with us. That keeps us alive, really, you know, when we think about it in terms of the primitive parts of our brain, um, our caregivers being connected to us, and protective of us and all that kind of stuff pleased with us is to the primitive parts of our brain, what keeps us alive. So I totally get where that comes from. And my poor old dad, you know, he, I have so much compassion for him now. um, And for his life, he never really had a chance to be anything other than a rage filled alcoholic. He was raised by a woman, my grandmother, who was, so she got married probably in the mid 1930s to my grandfather and she was incredibly intelligent probably the smartest person I've ever met and ambitious and driven and loved to work and unfortunately her husband my grandfather refused to let her in in quotation marks work because it was the 1930s and husbands had that kind of control over their wives and that makes me incredibly sad she would have been an amazing you know businesswoman slash employee whatever she chose to do she would have been amazing at it oh and I feel 
if that makes me feel really emotional. You know, I feel really sad for her. So what ended up happening was that she stayed home. She was a homemaker and she had a child just kind of by default uh, because that's what you do and at that time and so she had my dad and wasn't into it at all and I don't think treated him very well at all and as a result he became an adult who was um, filled with rage and just you know had no the way I guess I should say the way that he chose to soothe himself was with the alcohol and it makes total sense. You know how I talk about all the time how our unwanted habits are a solution. They're not a problem. And that's exactly what his alcoholism was. It was a solution. He, you know, his head was just must have been full of razor blades. Um, that's the way I describe it. Like just angry, unhappy, um, self-judgmental, horrible thinking all the time. No sense of um, self-appreciation or self-esteem I don't think or gentleness with himself or compassion for himself I mean if I had ever used the word compassion with him he would have said what define compassion I have no idea what that means so naturally he became an alcoholic of course he did and was one until the end of his days um, and yeah that makes me really sad too so anyway, this was the person that I was raised by. And that's where the people pleasing comes in. And, you know, I thought about it a little bit over the years and noticed it in myself, of course, off and on. And when in the old days, when Oprah had her TV show, I would really relate when she had people pleasing episodes of the show. And but, you know, I don't give it a lot of thought on a day-to-day basis. I probably haven't thought about it in years. And it's not its not the way I define myself, certainly. But I do have these people-pleasing tendencies. I want everyone around me to be happy and calm. And when people get angry and upset, I really take it personally. And I feel like I need to fix whatever's going on. It's my responsibility to fix everyone around me uh, which is not a great personality characteristic but there it is here we are so in the middle of the night last night these were the connections that I made that this is what's causing the stress and the busy mind that I have in the that's waking me up in the middle of the night and I notice at other times of day too like I notice when I'm walking home from the little job I can often be thinking really a lot about whatever happened that day or what needs to happen the next day or the troubles (laughs) that people have brought and laid at my doorstep. And I can also notice sometimes when I'm wanting to be doing other stuff, like when I'm wanting to be working on my web, you know, things for my website. Um, I've mentioned I want have a lot of creative projects that I want to be working on that instead my mind will be preoccupied with the stuff that's going on uh, at the seniors housing. So this occurred to me last night about the people pleasing and that it was a big relief, you know, and very shortly after that I was able to roll over and go back to sleep. 
So that was a really big deal. Now, after probably, I don't know, six weeks, seven weeks, um, to see what was actually happening. And I knew that the this busy mind stuff was related to the job. I just hadn't connected the dots closely enough uh, about the people-pleasing stuff. So that was the really helpful insight last night. So now we come to the point of this episode. <laughs> That's all the backstory. And so I bring this up because I think it's really helpful to see all this stuff for a number of reasons. And these are things that I talk about on this podcast and in my work all the time. So I'm going to outline them now and I hope that they are helpful for you. So the first thing I know is that I'm not broken. I am unbroken, as it were. And there's nothing wrong with my ability to sleep. There's nothing wrong with my... I don't know, circadian rhythms, there's nothing wrong with even with my mental state. None of that stuff is broken or uh, needs fixing at all. So that's the first point. And I guess it's important to note that because I can take that worry off my plate. You know, I don't need to go down a rabbit hole of, um, of brokenness you know is this a problem am I broken is this never going to fix itself all that kind of stuff any kind of thinking like that is just way it's not even on my plate it's just gone I don't even worry about it at all which brings us to the second point and that is that this busy mind stuff that's happening for me in the middle of the night is feedback right this is what I talk about all the time we're always feeling our thinking and it's always giving us feedback about our state of mind and so in this case I feel it in the way that I wake wake up like it's so strong obviously that it wakes me up in the middle of the night and I'm kind of I guess maybe it's adrenaline that and that's what wakes me up because my mind is going so fast and that is feedback about my state of mind that my thinking is really stirred up so building on the first point this situation that's happening with my sleep in the middle of the night is not a problem it's information it's feedback it's letting me know and eventually I was able to connect the dots it's or I guess I was able to connect those insightfully It's letting me know that I have this people-pleasing tendency and that there's a way to do this job that I have without feeling responsible for every person who crosses my path. And now, of course, logically, I do know that every single person here lives in the world of their thinking and that... If someone is upset about something, you know, I don't really have any agency over that. I can't change their mind about what they're seeing and what they're thinking. In the middle of the night, I remembered Byron Katie uh, has this expression or thing that she says about how we're only ever, there's only three kinds of business. There's my business, there's your business. And there's God's business. And very often when our thinking gets stirred up, we are 
not in our own business. We are in somebody else's business or we're in God's business. And I can really see that, you know, that's a really concise way of saying where my thinking is going. I'm in, as a people pleaser, I'm in other people's business all the time. I'm wanting to make them happy. You know, I'm wanting to please them, to change their mood, to make them be calm if they're upset, to make them stop being angry if they're angry. That's what's going on when I'm people pleasing. At least that's how I define it. So yeah, so the second point is that this waking up in the middle of the night is not a problem. It's feedback. It's information. It was letting me know that this was going on. And so I really appreciate that. And building again, building on the first point, because I know I'm not broken, you know, my sleep habits are not broken. I do know how to sleep. <laughs> um, I also don't need to go down any kind of a rabbit hole about medicating myself or you know, I found myself a few days ago getting a little bit tense before I start, started to go through my little bedtime routine thinking, you know, I would, of course, naturally think, oh, no, is this going to be, am I going to have more problems tonight? And I can see that there's a way to go down a rabbit hole with that, that we, on to this original situation, we would build another layer of busy thinking, right? Worry about, anticipatory worry about how I'm going to sleep on any given night and uh, I noticed that I haven't been too caught up in it and I hope that that really slips away entirely now that I see what's going on then the third thing I want to say is that probably well my first question in the middle of the night to myself was okay well how do I how do I not do this how do I not be a people pleaser what do I do give me give me three tasks to make this go away and I'll do them absolutely and of course as I talk about all the time the route to change doesn't lie there it doesn't lie in finding logical solutions to being a people pleaser at least this is what I see and this is how it how I live my life now and what really works for me. What creates change is insight. And we can see this already because the thing that created the change in me, the the deeper understanding about what was going on with my sleep was insight. I didn't come to this people-pleasing conclusion logically. I f sort of felt it land with me last night. I was mulling as I was mulling all this stuff over. And there's no real specific way to de define insight. And it's going to be different for everyone. And it's going to be different for everyone at any given time. I've talked in the past about how sometimes it feels like insights are almost invisible. You know, they, they happen sometimes without us even noticing and I, I'll just notice a behavior that's changed or a concern that has slipped away and that it seems to me has happened insightfully my brain hasn't decided to to have that happen it just 
it happens because of a shift in my own consciousness based on, um, or not based on, encouraged by, uh, supported by having these kinds of conversations and staying in this, this conversation about our innate health and well-being. So how do I stop being a people pleaser? Well, I just stay open to insight really and it may happen uh, noticeably I may notice a big insight about pleasing people or how not to do it (laughs) and it may happen invisibly but I know that that's the way to change and I would also bet that having had that insight last night that that was a big step towards resolving this situation that my mind might now be able to settle down because there's been this shift in my consciousness and I know what's happening. And I'll even consciously say to myself, I can tell moving forward that I'll say things like, you know, if I'm chatting with someone at the office, I'm not responsible for this person's feelings. Not, I'm not going to say that out loud, of course. I'll just say it internally. Just kind of reminding myself, you know, this person is entitled to however they feel. That's that's their business. And it's not my business to fix them or change them or make them feel any different. And of course, I'm going to do my job and address their concerns and all that kind of stuff. But the extra added layer of unnecessary responsibility is the one that I want to let go of. The layer that says, I'm responsible for everybody and how everybody feels. <laughs> That's a huge weight. No wonder my mind was going crazy in the middle of the night. That's a lot of stuff to be carrying around. So I think that's about all I have to say about that particular situation. I wanted to share it because, specifically because it's unrelated to food and even unrelated to unwanted habits. Although I suppose you could say, People-pleasing is an unwanted habit. But I just thought it would be useful to see that something so disconnected from an unwanted overeating habit, and yet the same principles apply uh, as to how I'm dealing with it. Um, You know, not getting tangled up in the content of whatever was going on, remembering that whatever's happening my body is and my myself my intelligence is always working for me it's not working against me so that was something I probably should have mentioned earlier in the feedback section that you know our bodies are so wise there's always this wisdom and universal intelligence flowing through us and It's always speaking to us all the time. And this was one way that it was speaking to me, trying to get my attention to let me know that there's a way to do this job that I've taken on for the for 2024 uh, that doesn't destroy my sleep, that doesn't diminish my enjoyment of being there at the at the building, at the apartment building with the tenants who are just extremely lovely and I really enjoy connecting with them and 
it's a real pleasure and an honor, honestly, to be there and to be in service to the elders, in some of the elders in this small community. So there's lots that's great about this job. And it did cross my mind a couple of nights ago. I wondered whether I needed to let it go, you know, to, to resign. And I didn't want to do that because I made a commitment for 20, for this year to be in the job until at least November, 2024. But my sleep was so disturbed that I thought, I don't, you know, I don't know if I can go on like this any longer. So yeah, that's probably enough talking from me. I hope you're doing well. I hope this has been helpful. I hope you can see that, like I say, everything that I talk about applies to this situation as well as to an unwanted habit. I am sending you lots of love and uh, hoping that at some moment today you are able to connect with your innate well-being and resilience and resourcefulness and to the wisdom that flows through you always. And I will see you again in a couple of weeks. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found the show helpful and uplifting. You'll find all the backlist episodes and show notes at unbrokenpodcast.com. To learn more about how to resolve an overeating habit in a way that's unlike anything else you've tried, get your complimentary copy of my Freedom from Overeating Starter Kit at alexandraamore.com forward slash starter kit. See you next time. 